The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. You are suspended, sir. As of right now. Welcome, everyone. It's Thursday, November 26, 2015. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right on WBCQ 5.110 MHz. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Yes, we've been suspended indefinitely. We already made the announcement on our October 1st show that our weekly broadcasts on 94.9 FM CHRW Radio Western located at Western University in London, Ontario uh, was suspended for six weeks after which the station's review of its spoken word policies would be complete and our status would be reviewed at that time. It's now been more than six weeks, if you've been counting, (laughs) and we have as yet received no justification for our suspension on a radio station where it just right aired each Thursday from April 2007 to our September 24th broadcast. Let me say from the outset, and I have to say this, that if it had been the intention of CHRW to simply terminate broadcasts of our show because of some broad pre-planned programming changes that would not allow or permit the kind of show that we do, we wouldn't have had any problem with that. We made it very clear on several of our past CHRW broadcasts that the station was basically our host and we were the guests so far as our right to be on the air there was concerned. So one thing our concern with Just Right's cancellation on CHRW is not about is about insisting that the station broadcast our show simply for its own sake. That's not why we're going to be telling you this. So on today's show... Robert and I intend to share with you, because many of you have been asking and speculating, and and, and I wish I had time to get that in today, but that will probably come up in the future, but we want to share with you the as-yet-unpublicized sequence of events that led to our ultimate demise on CHRW and continuing, a story that, believe it or not, goes all the way back to 2007 from the very first time we did our show, and it'll illustrate for you yet another example of the political correctness and academic intolerance that has permeated the university campuses of North America, a theme we've been talking about at extensive depth over the past several shows. But before we get to all of that, here's your reminder that if you hear something on our show today or at any time that you would like to comment or respond to, um, in addition to tuning in for a listen, of course, be sure to write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe to Just Right on iTunes, hear us on WBCQ 5.110 MHz, or visit us at www.justrightmedia.org. Robert, tell us your story. (laughs) Well, it's obviously our story, Bob, because uh, Just Right, you're the father of Just Right, if you ask me. I'll be the stepfather. How's that? Okay. Well, this is your angle on it anyway. You were sitting in the other seat, so. Yeah. Now, like you said at the beginning of the show, Bob, Just Right's been suspended indefinitely from broadcasting on CHRW 94.9 FM in London, Ontario. 
And it should be noted at the outset, of course, that the station is owned by the Students' Union at Western University, and it's not owned by Western itself. It's not a, it's a campus radio station, as opposed to a for-profit station. The station's manager's name is Grant Steen, who's been in that position since before Just Right began broadcasting there uh, in 2007. And it was on the date, April 19th, 2007, over eight and a half years ago, that the story really began. But I know that you're going to be talking about that in the last half of the show. So I'll leave that for you, Bob. You were there at the beginning. It's just amazing. It's yeah, you were there at the beginning. How, I wasn't there at the beginning. Yeah, it's just, but it's amazing how the beginning fits into the present. It, yeah. It's just stunning. It's like what goes around comes around in haunting ways that are unpredictable. <laughs> For now, though, let's just uh, let our listeners know, because I know they're eager to hear the particulars of why Just Right has been indefinitely suspended from that station. On September 14th, our show number 419 was broadcast. The first half of the show dealt with why I personally will be supporting the Conservative Party of Canada. And remember, this was before the election that just happened. And on the second half of the show, that's when you, Bob, talked about Uber and the taxi industry. I'll not rehash the content of that episode here and now, and I just ask that today's listeners look up the show on our website at justrightmedia.org and give it a listen for themselves. After the show, the station manager, Grant, met Bob and I and asked us to speak privately. We went into an adjacent room, and it, uh, it is then that Grant expressed his concern about balance on the show. Bob and I were a little taken aback, since we always thought our show was the balance for this campus radio station, whose views expressed rarely matched our own. One of the reasons, by the way, why we always had that disclaimer at the opening of this episode. Grant then asked me, personally, a question which floored both Bob and I. He asked if I thought that all the Muslims at the station were terrorists. Not only did I find this personally insulting... I, I couldn't it, believe it. I was sitting there in total shock. I just like, okay, what planet did we just enter? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I felt, whoa, okay, who am I talking to here? You know, it, it was an insult, but it also showed that my argument during the show and my comments on the hundreds of shows prior to this obviously fell on deaf ears. I could only reiterate my view on the data from the Pew Research Center, which revealed the number of Muslims who support jihad is far greater than people imagine. And it was for this reason I not only supported the Conservative Party's policy on accepting so-called refugees from Syria, I went on and said that when these migrants are brought in to Canada, there will be no way to screen them for their attitudes on Sharia in any reliable way. For this reason, no Muslim immigrants should be allowed into Canada. Especially so, by the planned deadline at the time, which was, you know, at that time still the end of the year. Yes, and if you just uh, were watching the uh, news, uh, our current Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has backtracked and has said that he'll only be able to take in 10,000 by the end of the year, which is what, what Harper had planned, basically. Um, so it's, it's, ir- it's irony. It's total irony. And, of course, the Paris attacks have uh, vindicated in a great way what I had to say. Unfortunately, it had to go that far. You know, I was expressing in those comments a very rational, at least what I thought was a very rational, and, by the way, a very popular viewpoint. A viewpoint apparently held by a large percentage of Canadians and Americans. And by way of demonstration, 
Let's listen in now to a Louder with Crowder interview of Republican President hopeful Ted Cruz, who now polls, by the way, fourth in the GOP lineup for that office. And when we return, we will get into more of why Just Right is no longer broadcasting on CHRW. Um, you just issued a challenge to Barack Obama and this administration. Yeah. Full, for context, they called you offensive. Um, they basically called you out, as well as Christians, because of their position on yeah. Syrian refugees. Yeah. So yeah. you go ahead. The floor is yours, sir. Well, you know, yesterday and today, uh, President Obama has now two days in a row uh, attacked me directly. He did it first from, uh, from Turkey and then, then today from, from Manila. Yesterday, he, t- he attacked me, said I was un-American. Today, he attacked me and said I was offensive, all because I'm saying what millions of Americans are saying across this country, which is that we disagree with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton's plan to bring to America tens of thousands of Syrian Muslim refugees. I, I think it is lunacy when this administration can't vet them, has no idea who among them may be ISIS terrorists, but because of political correctness, they want to bring, here, bring them here anyway. And, and, and President Obama says, those of us that want to keep this country safe and keep ISIS terrorists out, we are offensive and we're un-American. It, it, it really is remarkable. It is remarkable. But I'll tell you my response today. I said, look, if, if he's going to two days in a row attack me. Now, now, it's a little rich to call me un-American as he's standing on foreign soil. But I said, listen, if you want to insult me, insult me to my face. Right. I said, why don't we have, let's have a one-on-one debate anywhere you like. My one preference, I'd like to do it in the United States of America and not in some (laughs) country overseas. But a one-on-one debate on his Syrian Muslim policy, a one-on-one debate on his foreign policy that's been a disaster. And if he's so confident, and you know, today also he he was lecturing all the Republicans saying we're scared of the media, which is more than a little hypocritical given that he's usually surrounded by sycophantic reporters who are kissing his behind, saying how wise he is, because he never wants any real questions. And banned Fox News for a while. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it'd be funny if it weren't lives, you know, at stake right now. That's exactly right. You know, the director of the FBI told Congress that, that we cannot vet these Syrian Muslim refugees because they said, listen, if we get information on them, we query the database, we have nothing in the database. We have no ability. We, we could, as he put it, query till the cows come home. But we don't have any information on who the ISIS terrorists are, so there's nothing to check. The administration cannot determine who is and is not an ISIS terrorist. Right. And, and so... Listen, many of these refugees are legitimately fleeing persecution, but they should be resettled in Middle Eastern countries that are majority Muslim. And, and we can help with that. Right. But, but, but the first obligation of the president, the first obligation of the commander-in-chief should be to, to protect the safety and security of the United States of America. And if you look at the, the, the refugee wave that's going into Europe, one estimate was that that wave consisted of 77% young males. That is an odd demographic for a refugee wave. We know at least one of the terrorists in Paris was among those refugees. And and it doesn't make any sense at all for President Obama and Hillary Clinton to be bringing in tens of thousands of Syrian Muslim refugees 
when ISIS has said they intend to carry out terrorist attacks just like Paris here in the United States and to murder hundreds, or if they can, thousands of Americans, we should protect America first. It's apparent from that interview that Cruz's opinion on the immigration of Muslims from war-torn Syria mirrors my own. So what's the problem? We aren't allowed to express views that could very well be the view of a potential American president? Has this country turned so far to the left that freedom of expression is curtailed because it differs from that of a radio station manager or a single listener who might have a complaint? Yeah, we couldn't have had him on the show. talk to us about (laughs) how there should be balance on our show. Our show, by the way, has always been a, a show of opinion, and it's never been a debating show. We express our views, which are pro-freedom, pro-capitalism, pro-individualism, pro-reason. To have guests on our show with opposing views, we would have to invite people who advocate tyranny, socialism, collectivism, and irrationality. I told him that that's what the CBC is for. And with respect to the issue of immigration (laughs) and Sharia, I told him that I gave the opposing views as expressed by Liberal candidate Justin Trudeau and NDP candidate Thomas Mulcair, and then gave my point of view. If of he course, and we, well, you know, Robert, we always present balance, even from our own perspective, because we realize we have a problem getting people in to, to, to debate us on any other level. Oh, so we true. bring in the balance on our audio bites and, and differences of opinion, even had them on that show, but apparently not different enough, and that's always undefinable. I'll get into balance later. It turns mm-hmm. out that we actually don't even have to be balanced, to tell you the truth. No, I know that. You know, Grant wanted someone pro-Sharia to be on the show, both Bob and I said at that time that if that's what is meant by balancing our show, it's not going to happen. The station manager told us that he feared that there would be a complaint about the show, and Bob and I said that we normally address complaints on the show by accepting phone calls and replying to emails, but that that ability to accept calls and to deal with criticism directly had been eliminated when we were told to operate our show ourselves some time ago. In fact, Bob and I love to receive feedback and respond to every call and email we receive. Our meeting with Grant ended, and Bob and I never heard from Grant until two days later when Grant called Bob and told him that he had received a complaint, which he read to Bob over the phone. Three days later, we received an email from Grant saying our show was suspended because that one lone complaint had prompted him to review the station's spoken word policy on the topic of balance. He said that he expected to review that the review would take less than six weeks. He also let us know in advance that he believed that the review will have the effect, quote, of asking shows to bring in more guests to discuss issues for alternative viewpoints, unquote. If that edict came to pass, both Bob and I predicted at the time that this was the effective cancellation of our show. I asked Grant for a copy of the complaint, uh, which he promptly sent me. We addressed Unsigned. The complaint, uh, yes, unsigned. But mind you, I gave yeah. him the option of giving it to us signed or unsigned in wow. the hopes that... Uh, If he had that option, he would give us the complaint, which he did, and I thank him for it. We addressed the complaint later in the show, but this is how it read verbatim. Quote, Today I accidentally tuned into your radio show just right. I was shocked by the vitriol being spouted about refugees and Muslims. The ideas being put forward were not merely offensive. They were hateful and racist. In fact, I believe that the program came very close to being considered as inciting racial hatred. I waited in the hopes that these opinions would somehow be qualified or debated, but they weren't. They were given free reign. As an alumni, 
I am certainly not purple and proud of this broadcast. I am shocked and enraged that such an abhorrent program would be given airtime on campus radio. I will not be tuning into CHRW again. However, I will be making a complaint to the CRTC, unquote. Which, of Grant- course, is the Canadian Radio and Television Commission, which regulates and broadcasters yes. and telecommunications in Canada, for those yes. who aren't sure. Grant asked that we not publicize the contents of that complaint, but it's obvious that we can no longer do that, for reasons I'll make clear in a moment. When the six weeks had passed without a word from CHRW, I emailed the station manager asking about the show's status and if it was now permissible to return to the airwaves. The response Bob and I received on November 11th was the following, quote, Unfortunately, we haven't finalized the spoken word policies and I don't see them being completed for another, another four to six weeks. Thank you for your patience, unquote. Bob and I could no longer continue with such an open-ended suspension, especially considering that six weeks had now turned into a possible 10 to 12, and after those 12 weeks were up, we were then supposed to bringing guests to our show to express views opposed to our own, well, I don't think that was going to happen. I think what was going to happen possibly was, oh, sorry, I hope, thank you for your patience. It'll just be another six or eight weeks. <laughs> Could be. It's all speculation, yeah. and that's the, yes. you, can't, you can't continue on that basis. Yeah, we're you not know, part we, of this process. If we had to bring in guests with opposing viewpoints, we wouldn't no longer be just right. We'd be just right and just wrong. Or we'd be <laughs> just like every other show out there. It wouldn't be an opinion show anymore. It would be a debate. It would be a a documentary, I don't know what you'd call it, but it certainly wouldn't be our show. Just Right was gone. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with shows like that. Left, Right, and Center was like that, the, the show True. that preceded Just Right, and, but just and I thoroughly right enjoyed not, doing it, but it's not the same thing. It's just a different right product. Just Right was not, never was that kind of show, and that's why right. I say it would have been a de facto cancellation of Just Right. We would have to rename it. We, I don't know that I would have even done it with that uh, with that thing. I, I don't want to do that. No. You know? So we Do I want to spend effort on a volunteer basis to give people who 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 express ideas I find abhorrent, right? At my expense, I'll be happy to participate in a in a in a two way conversation. But you know something, Robert? You and I have never ever once been asked to balance the left wing programming of any other station, any other program at the station or elsewhere ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how come they're not phoning us if they're supposed to be balanced? So this is how we responded to Grant. Quote, Hello, Grant. Robert and I, of course, have all the patience in the world when it comes to the station's review of its own policies. Unfortunately, we can no longer remain patient about following through on addressing the reasons for the initial six-week suspension of Just Right, given the serious nature of some accusations made and the implications of same. Therefore, Robert and I must advise you that we no longer feel obligated to keep the alleged complaint under wraps, since we must explain to our listeners the events that led up to our being suspended, as best as we can, with the information provided. This has been made difficult for us, given that we have yet to be informed what was specifically said on our show to merit the initial six-week suspension. Robert and I would respectfully request your reasons for the initial suspension based on the September 24th broadcast. Oh, yes, (laughs) 24th. At the beginning, I said September 14th. Sorry, it's September 24th broadcast content. Regards, Bob Metz, Just Right Media. So, dear listeners and fans of Just Right, this is where we sit at the moment. We have yet to hear from CHRW specifically uh, on what was said on the show, number 419, which would merit an indefinite suspension. And we have no idea as to what happened with the complainant's threat to go to the CRTC. 
we must unfortunately conclude that our show has been cancelled from CHRW, but we'll continue on right here on WBCQ 5.110 MHz and online at justratemedia.org, rest assured. And now would be a good time, I think, to let everyone know that we built up many good relationships with many of the staff and students who came and went at CHRW over the years. And we I wouldn't want anybody. I wouldn't want anybody walking away from the saying we had a horrible time no. at CHRW. It was great. The whole the whole experience was fun. Uh, I met a lot of friends. Uh, I missed every one of our operators who, mm. you know, they all leave. The turnover is terrible up there. I mean, just because of the, you know, it's a, it's a school after all. Yes. And uh, I miss them one and all. It's really funny. Even the ones we used to argue with. <laughs> and we certainly had arguments, that's for sure. Oh, but yeah. good ones, healthy ones, I think. I'd yeah. Say. You know, we realized that as volunteers, we were there as community <clears throat> guests to give students at Western an opportunity to help produce a spoken word show. We enjoyed this responsibility and we're glad to help. If we were cancelled for, as you said, Bob, earlier on, if we were cancelled for any other reason, we would have called it a good run and continue on as we presently do, you know. Thank you very much for your time and see you later, that kind of thing. But to leave ostensibly due to a single complaint by an anonymous nobody who called us racist deserves more of an explanation. We think we were owed the opportunity to address such scurrilous aspersions in a timely manner, and that opportunity was not given to us. We believe you, our loyal listeners, deserve to know the circumstances surrounding the cancellation of our broadcast on CHW and regret that it's taken this long to let you know. As to the alleged complaint, I personally dismiss it as the writing of someone who, demonstrated by their own illiteracy and by their personal characterizations, is unworthy of an intelligent response. I know it'll fall on deaf ears. It'll fall on the ears of someone who does not care for the security of this country, nor for the life, liberty, and property of the people who live here. I will say this, however. The complainant should pick up a dictionary and look up the words racism and ask himself, or the word racism, and ask himself how in any way this applies to a political ideology. To what race were we referring? I didn't, didn't notice one. Exactly. By the way, people out there, Islam is not a race, okay? Get it through your heads. That word is just thrown at people to end the discussion. Well, shame on you. You're an idiot. And by the way, the complainant should also look up the words alumni and alumnus. (laughs) If you recall, (laughs) he called himself an alumni. (laughs) You know, as for the the threat that he, he made to go to the CRTC... You know, it's my considered opinion that in no way have Bob and I ever violated CRTC policies on balance, ever. I offer you this from a link to the CRTC policies on balance, given to us, by the way, by the station manager. I'm quoting here. The Commission's policies on balance within the Canadian broadcasting system is based on subsection 3D of the Broadcasting Act, which states that the programming provided by the Canadian broadcasting system should provide reasonable, balanced opportunity for the expression of differing points or differing views on matters of public concern. The Commission has interpreted this requirement on several occasions. In the, quote, air of death, unquote, public announcement dated 9 July 1970, the Commission indicated that it was not necessary that every program describe all sides of an issue provided that controversial issues are dealt with fairly and honestly within the total programming offered by a licensee. While licensees are responsible for programs carried on 
the community channel and must provide reasonable balanced opportunity for the expression of differing views on matters of public concern, licensees should encourage the use of the channel for unusual ideas and opinions on the broadcast range or the broadest range of subjects and give the community the widest opportunity for self-expression. I think Hello. that's pretty darn Hello. clear. Yeah, that's pretty clear. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> In other words, you can oh, have more. A, you can have an opinion directly and not uh, express an opposing point of view, but it's up to the station itself to to have another program perhaps to give that alternate point of view. But what kind of an alternate point of view are you going to give to freedom and capitalism and uh, and justice and security? You're going to have tyranny oh. and sharia and socialism? Well, just hell of a lot of socialism out there, that's for sure. But well, that's what I'm saying. Our our view is alternate to a lot of the views that are already out there. There's no balance in the media. Come no, on. It's all on the left. <laughs> our show is the only one. That's why we call Just Right. Yeah. We're the only ones out there. To suggest that our show does not meet CRTC policies on balance is completely incorrect. So good luck with that complaint. Complainant. Alleged complainant. In a while, the views expressed on Just Right may not necessarily reflect the views of 94.9 CHRW. They do reflect the views of millions of people who are often too afraid to express them over fear of being wrongly labeled, of all things, racist, or of being accused of causing offense, as if offense is something that we should be shielded from at the expense of freedom of speech. The fact that we have been suspended over our views, if such is the case, should make people question not only the actions, but the underlying motives of a station which objects to them being aired. So let's take terrorism extreme. Best case scenario, you still have people who in Europe want to implement Sharia law and install yep. Sharia courts. Yep. You know, Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson got a lot of flack for saying Sharia law is basically incompatible with the Constitution. It's not politically incorrect. Is it accurate? It's, it's absolutely accurate. I mean, listen, I, I have been fighting against Sharia law for many, many years. Uh, under our Constitution, it is only American law that is enforced in our courts, and Sharia law has no place. And if you look at, you, you know, the consistent pattern of both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton is that they refuse to acknowledge radical Islamic terrorism. They refuse to say the words. We saw Hillary Clinton in the debate this weekend. She would not say radical Islamic terrorism. And, and you cannot defeat it if you're not even willing to say its name. And, and, and this infects every mistake they make on foreign policy, you know, because they don't identify who the enemy is. The reason Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton want to bring in all these Syrian Muslims is because they don't recognize that radical Islamic terrorism, Islamists embrace a theocratic and political philosophy that they should murder or first forcibly convert anyone they view as an infidel. What they're doing to Christians, mm -hmm. they're engaged in genocide. They're, they're crucifying them. They're, they're beheading them. And yet this president acts as an apologist right. for radical Islamic terrorists. Well, my point is, even not radical Islamic terrorists, you scale it back, moderate Islam is still pretty bad if you're a feminist if you're gay if you want to talk about equal rights it's still not very good i'm not saying muslims can't be good people just like uh, any group can be can consist of, of good people but if you look at any like i'm saying moderate islamic countries they're not bastions of human rights disregarding terrorism uh, look more than once when i've had conversations with 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 leftists I, i've asked them you know uh, you know when they're when they're focused on 
uh, on issues like gay marriage and how it's the most important I issue from their perspective, I've, I've asked, I've said, you know, recent years have been very bad years for gay rights because ISIS is murdering homosexuals. Iran is murdering homosexuals. Barack Obama sending $100 billion to the Ayatollah Khamenei empowers a radical Islamist leader who wants to kill us, who mm -hmm. chants death to America. And, 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 and the funny thing is leftists apparently have no trouble with sending $100 billion to someone who murders homosexuals. Right. What do you do because, when they say... Because their commitment to, to ignoring the evil of the Islamists is so great that, that everything else fades in front of them. about Harvard this morning, shall we? Because a, a liberal student there, Sandra Cohn, has penned a piece which is raising the eyebrows of a number of individuals this morning. She had written a piece around the idea that we should get rid of academic freedom in favor of academic justice. She is sick and tired there at Harvard of dealing with research that comes out, which may counteract her own viewpoints of life. Uh, she can't stand when academic research comes out that doesn't support her liberal ideology. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a senior there, and uh, the title of this piece is The Doctrine of Academic Freedom. Let's give up on academic freedom in favor of justice. She's a women's studies and gender uh, uh, equality and, and, and that type of advocate as well. Well, if our university uh, community opposes racism, here's what she says, sexism and heterosexism, why should we put up with research that counters our goals simply in the name of academic freedom? Instead, I would like to propose a more rigorous standard, one of academic justice. When an academic community observes research promoting or justifying oppression, it should ensure that this research does not continue. In other words, the truth, when it's inconvenient, should be squelched. There's a name for this. It's called fascism. And what's amazing is this girl is a senior, as you just said. This is the fruit of a Harvard education. After four years at Harvard, you conclude, or she has, that the truth, when inconvenient, ought to be suppressed. If she had absolute power, how many people would die? Many. You're listening to Just Right on 5.110 megahertz WBCQ. What we just heard was from a February 23rd, 2014 Fox News broadcast, just a little over a year ago, in which the case was being made for academic justice, not freedom. And interestingly, Robert, by someone from a women's studies and gender advocate about sexism and heterosexism. Boy, don't you just love those words? Right away, uh, I know I'm in oh, la, yeah, la land. You know I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was right when he said it's called fascism. This is the result of four-year Harvard education. How many would die? He said, many. You know, as, as irrational and ridiculous the idea of academic justice may appear, and if it doesn't seem that way to you, you're in trouble, okay? What we, what we heard very much describes the intellectual and political environment on university campuses across North America today. Like social justice, which eliminates social freedom and true justice, individual justice, uh, so too academic justice eliminates academic freedom and eliminates true justice in the academic field, which you should earn through knowledge, which only has value when it coincides with reality and reason, not with leftist social notions. 
social justice is kind of the same non sequitur uh, concept like political correctness. And I'd like to demonstrate this principle based upon our first-hand observation and experience, uh, taking us back to, to the beginning of Just Right, not just what happened recently. And if there's one thing I've learned is that there's two major issues that appear to be the current taboo topics or themes that you'll always get into trouble when you try to discuss them on the air. But only taboo to those on the right of the issue. Only to them, never to the left. And that's feminism and gender issues and anything to do with Islam. So you've got feminism and gender and Islam. And after eight years of doing shows at Western's campus radio station, those appear to be the two themes of discussion that top their discomfort list for sure. Wouldn't you say, Robert, can you think mm-hmm. of many others? No, 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 that's the top. Those were the ones. Yeah. In fact, I have to ex- confess, had the station followed the procedure it did with us on our last CHRW broadcast, the show would have been suspended after the first show, during which the topic for discussion was feminism and pornography. And sure enough, I was immediately taken aside after the show, Robert, just like we were, and told that the station had received a quote-unquote complaint. You were taken aside by whom? By by Grant Steen, the station manager. Right, yeah. And uh, in conjunction with the program director at the time. But after the very first broadcast of Just Right, I was taken aside and questioned about my views on feminism and informed that the station had received a complaint from the public, an assertion which I contested right there and then, knowing that such complaints, in my experience, have never been from the so-called public, Robert, but from specific interests, political, you know, academic who have their own agendas to promote and see that what we have to say on Just Right is it's a threat to their ideals. Instead of calling into the show to debate a point, which could have been done easily then, they make official complaints and otherwise whine to third parties, either management or government, who they know are disadvantaged in dealing with the substance of the disagreements. You've got to admit that, right? They're not mm. there listening to the show. And although station manager Grant Steen denied that that was the case at the time, I later learned from two other insiders at the station that I was indeed correct and that the complainant, quote-unquote, was in fact an academic feminist activist on campus, etc., etc. And that was my first major experience with what was being called a complaint at the station, if it can even be called that. Then, after a few minor interesting experiences regarding what could or could not be said over the air over the next few weeks, I finally felt comfortable enough to invite my first in-studio guest on show number seven. And guess who that was? None other than terrorist and security expert John Thompson, who happened to appear on CBC television during the Paris terrorist attacks a couple weeks ago, and who was featured in that interview excerpt on our own show last week. Mm -hmm. An interview that the CBC cut short as soon as John began answering their question about who he thought was responsible for the attacks. John's conversation was cut short on that count, but his first impressions later proved to be very accurate. So... You know, then to my utter shock and disbelief, only minutes before we were about to air, station manager Grant Steen came into the broadcast room and confronted my guest with the declaration, and I'm quoting here, quote, we don't want any complaints, end quote. Well, I'm not going to say what happened right away, but this forced me to write a lengthy letter to then-programming director Zoltan Harasti, who was the guy who initially invited me to do my own show. Since it was clear, there was no way I was going to write my concerns to the station manager. He just did not seem interested in even discussing it. 
The letter, in fact, addresses just about everything involved in our current suspension with CHRW and addresses the very issue of policy review on balance that the station's today trying to entertain and which will prove in vain. Been there, done that. Unfortunately, as volunteers at the station, we get no input to the policy review process. Now, this is what I wrote in June 2007, following the May 31st broadcast with John Thompson that year. And I said, on behalf of myself, and most importantly of my guest, I must express my profound embarrassment at the prospect of being informed that, quote, we don't want any complaints. Should this happen again, I could not possibly continue my relationship with CHRW at the very least, until I can be assured that such an event will not recur, perhaps I should not have any guests on Just Right. How funny is that, considering that now he wants us to bring in guests? <laughs> but not for guests the, like John. Yeah. For the record, my guests and I have no possible control over anyone who may wish to file a complaint. That Mr. Thompson had to state this self-evident fact in his own defense was a second embarrassment for me. It is indeed fortunate my professional relationship with Mr. Thompson spans the better part of two decades. But, you know, at least I would expect that if you have a problem with my guest, talk to me. Don't talk in front of the guest. That's all I asked, right? Uh, clearly, my ability to recruit and encourage guests from a, you know, to, be, to appear on the show was seriously compromised by him doing that. Now, this is a key factor with regards to our current suspension. At the same time, the station's now considering I have to have opposing points of view, whatever that might mean, I'm held responsible for any complaints that such guests might generate. Think about that. And, you know, I told him, I said, in my efforts to personally assure you, you know, of Mr. Thompson's trustworthiness, I distinctly recall making a point of informing them many weeks in advance of his background, his credentials. I introduced him before the show, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a guy, he's a top policy advisors to governments, think tanks, international conferences on terrorism, organized crime, political extremism. This guy knows his stuff. He's been on History Channel, CTS, TVO at the time, everything. You know, and I, I explicitly told him this. And yet they still come into the studio and say, we don't want any complaints. I, I couldn't believe it, Robert. It was just, you know, what happened to us on that last show was deja vu. And it was I who personally invited Mr. Thompson, you know, to appear on the show. He did not request a podium or platform. They, they were accusing of him of wanting that. Like, he's just coming on the show to get a platform. Hmm. I, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, his reputation precedes him. He's in high demand. We were lucky to get him. So, you know, I, I just wanted to let them know how embarrassed I was over that. But I said I can't account for how many complaints they may have received over our May 31st show of that year. But Mr. Thompson and I carried on our on-air on conversation as planned, and nothing happened. It was okay. Now, at this point in my correspondence, I related my concern over a future intended guest from the left side of the spectrum, but I'm saving that commentary for later. But I had to bring a, his, a history to, to light to them, and this again was written in June of 2007, Robert. And I said, given my experience with the last complaint filed against the show, specifics of which I was told nothing, but nevertheless warned not to do again, <laughs> and to provide balance, etc., which I had assumed I was doing by providing guests as suggested, I'm now I'm now more confused than ever, since I was not temporarily suspended at the time, which is the stated minimum penalty after an action on a complaint has been taken. Okay, so that's the that was known then, and that's why we didn't say anything for the first six weeks of this complaint process. 
I said, I'm forced to conclude that whatever I said that generated the complaint was not, quote, found to contravene CHRW policy, because it didn't kick me off. And I said, I don't have any other grounds on which to draw any conclusions. And as, as the complaint process appears to explicitly exclude the volunteer broadcaster from being informed of the name of the complainant, the nature or specifics of the complaint, the station's review of the material aired, the forms on which the complaints are filed, the specific grounds on which complaints, etc., etc., the volunteer broadcaster is perpetually forced to operate in, totally in the dark in terms of knowing the facts about any specific complaint or how to avoid them in the future. So, concern with complaints seemed to be the primary fear expressed by the management in our May 3rd meeting over my previous week's comments on the Gazette spoof and feminism in general. And when I attempted to respond to those concerns, such as they were presented to me, uh, management insisted that they were, quote, not interested in reasons, I'm not a complaint department, etc., but offered no information or possibilities on how I might avoid complaints in the future. Just not even a hint. So in an apparent effort to find something inappropriate in my comments on feminism, uh, Grant quoted me saying something like, quote, women in politics have it easier than anyone else, end quote, and then asked me who I meant by anyone else. <laughs> you know what I said? I, I said men. <laughs> like, like, who would the others be besides women? Although I was wrong. Because when I listened to myself on the air at the time, when I actually said it on the air, the context was that in this case, favoritism in politics was being advocated on the basis of sex rather than on race, color, c culture, ethnicity, religion, etc. That's why I said, then any, anyone else. I don't think I said anyone else. I probably said, then anything else. Okay, but he just quoted it wrong. Hmm. In any case, nevertheless, told, uh, Grant told me I should be offering evidence of my statement, which I did. I offered plenty in the form of the newspaper articles. I was reading them on the air, for heaven's sakes. These included London Free Press articles, Ontario parties agree legislature should attract more female MPPs, you know, pair fears fixes in for female candidates, among others. I had tons of, tons of references. Uh, you know, and, and I told them, too, that, oh, I gave him all sorts of anecdotes. I don't even want to get into it. However, there were many other issues discussed during that meeting that simply were not covered by CHRW's package. And there's the balance one, you know, being provided by having guests on the show. And I remember asking Grant if by balance he meant that I have to have guests on my show who disagree with me. And he assured me, Robert, that that was not the case. Right. He did, he did however, encourage me to recruit guests for the show and wanted to know why I had not done so already. Well, at that time, I didn't even know if I was going to be on from week to week, <laughs> right? How am I going to book a guest? And now that I had started recruiting guests on the show, the issue of avoiding complaints has risen without any cause that I could discern. So, you know, they didn't tell me they received any complaints. And Here's the key. My interpretation of the concept of balance as offered in the, in the guidelines in, in that balance is that balance is a macro, not a micro concept, okay? One would not expect a program broadcast in German, for example, to be required to devote part of its time to French or Chinese or whatever. Each program in and of itself is the balance that creates the macro identity of the station. So, too, I would assume is the concept of just right as contrasted to other spoken word programs. And as I said, I can assure you I have reviewed CHRW's broader content with respect to spoken word, and there are no views even remotely resembling the perspectives of just right. And that was true of all the other 
stations. Now, of the five major CHRW objectives listed on their, on their package that they provided me, it seemed to me that you couldn't possibly find a better candidate than just right to fulfill the station's fifth objective, quote, to maintain a commitment to being on the leading edge of social and political issues ignored by the other media, end quote. <laughs> this sentence practically defines just right. Yes, indeed. In any event, to summarize my interpretation of balance, it strikes me that just right is the balance, just like you said, and doesn't require further balance within its own scheduled hour. And we had other issues of language and other smaller issues that were brought up. And, you know, audience participation, hey, I'm right into that, and I, I offered to alleviate that problem by, you know, setting up an email in case anybody didn't feel like calling in. We just made it very, um, very broad and, and friendly. We always told people that we would respond, which we always did. Mm -hmm. And as to the broader media issue, uh, you know, the very name of the show, Just Right, represents a sitting target for those on the left. Let's face it. It's ground enough for complaint. <laughs> and I'm not saying it just to take a cheap shot. In my experience spanning over 20 years, this is not about agreement versus disagreement. Where the right is accountable and discusses ideas and evidence rationally, the left files complaints based on feelings and is unaccountable to anyone. I wrote this in 2007, Robert. Yep. From the left's point of view, if one can't argue or win a debate rationally, then the only recourse is to silence it. I believe you'll find this to be true of almost 100% of the time. Uh, and if, if you find that difficult to believe, I suggest you take a look at John Stossel's book, Give Me a Break, which was out at the time. His, his experience mirrored mine. It's the same issue. So, you know, we talked about inappropriate comments. I pointed out to him that on other shows I've been where, where it was left-wing people, it was they who were making the inappropriate comments to the point where, do you remember Gil Warren, who was head of the labor Yes. <laughs> uh, district Labor got kicked off of CJBK when we were doing left, right, and center for calling me a fascist and calling Ayn Rand a fascist. Why? Because we were talking about privatize. He wanted to privatize parking meters on private parking lots. He wanted to public publicize uh, public, them, make them public. Make them public, yeah. not private, yeah. Make them public, yeah, sorry, the other way around. And so he's calling me a fascist for, for opposing it. Parking meters, yeah. that, that's a fascist comment. No, wasn't, so he, 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 wasn't he the one who wanted 100% tax... Uh, Rate as well? Oh, that could have been Jeff Schlemmer. Who knows? <laughs> no, I think it was Gil, because I, I was on with Gil on uh, left, right, and center as well. Yeah. And I think that's when he said it. Well, in any case, um, you know, I just said the guests I would normally choose for my show would all be from the general right, capable of discussion, and thus highly unlikely to say anything inappropriate. And it never happened, by the way, uh, even with Ann Coulter. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, However, I'm unable to vouch for those I don't know and whose left-wing views are hostile to my own. So, since posting the show to our own website, we never once hinted to, and by that show I mean now number 419, the one that we got kicked off for. Mm -hmm. We didn't tell anybody what the offending part of the show might be so that hundreds of people could listen to it before they told us anything, just to test the market. You know, if anyone had the same reaction that the so-called complainant did. Well, we got a lot of speculation and response as to why we were canceled. We got a lot of great compliments, which we shared with our listeners on show 420. And that was it. Not even a simp not, not even the, the, the most remote sense that there was anything inappropriate about the broadcast at all. In fact, it just shows you how one negative, anonymous, ad hominem complaint can undo what f thousands of listeners want to listen to and people who write in to say, hey, I loved your show. Yep. It just takes one person. Yep. And that is the environment that we're talking about.
So let's take a quick break for a smile, after which we'll return to wrap up. Someone left a comment. Yeah, what'd they say? Too bad your show is done. I kind of liked it. Leonard, did you hear that? <laughs> oh, the people are heartbroken. <laughs> I can't take this away from the world. Fun with Flags is back. LeVar Burton? LeVar Burton? LeVar Burton? <sighs> what are you doing here? You told me not to call, and I didn't know how else to give you the good news. Fun with Flags is back, and you can be in the next episode. Will Wheaton said get a gate. I don't know why I didn't get a gate. You <laughs> At least listen to the premise. Since you were born in Germany, I thought we could talk about German flags. How do you feel about dressing up like a swastika? <laughs> Welcome back. Our guest today is a returning fan favorite. He puts the reading in your rainbow, the Geordie in your LaForge, and the Kunta in your Quinte, Mr. LeVar Burton. Thank you, Sheldon. Now remember our deal. You do this, I delete your contact information. While? While you watch me do it. Great. Happy to be back. Since you're here, I'd like to get your opinion on something. In honor of Black History Month, I portrayed George Washington Carver in a loving tribute that my roommate called wildly racist. <laughs> what do you think? Hi, my name is George. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you heard him, Leonard. No, it's not racist. <laughs> no. Definitely not racist, shape or form. Now, I mentioned before the break that, that there was one more experience I wanted to share with you, and that happened about the same time in the first year. Matter of fact, within two weeks after our incident with John Thompson, who, by the way, is going to appear on a, a very uh, immediate upcoming episode not too long in the, dis in the future. But this was also from my June 2007 letter to the station, and I was faced with a crisis at the time, Robert. I had re recently received a call from Ira Timothy, who was my operator at the time. Great guy. He's still around the station, does a lot of, does a lot of uh, volunteer work there. But he had lined up a potential guest that he recruited for the show to have a, the very kind of debate that the management wanted, a left-wing guest. And the person he invited was Tim Carey, president of the London District Labor Council and of CAW Local 27 at that time. don't know if he still is, but he was then. And as I understand it, the general topic would have had to do with the, quote, crisis in manufacturing in Canada, etc. Now, I gave Ira my tentative approval of Mr. Carey as a guest, though, as a consequence of what happened with Mr. Thompson, I started getting really worried. I thought I might have made a big mistake having invited him, right? And I said, well, Mr. Carey, by any definition, is not just right. He's just left. And that's great for a debate. 
and I was looking forward to it, but I definitely could not be held responsible for his behavior as he wouldn't be the normal caliber of guest I might seek out for the show. And given their concern with receiving complaints, I said I find myself obligated to inform you well in advance and in writing that the last time I debated a president of the London District Labor Council, Gil Warren, he was permanently barred from ever appearing again on CJBK (laughs) radio under the station's management at the time after our debate took place on left, right, and center. By the way, that's still online. You can hear that show online. Yes, Uh, from our website at justrightmedia.org, right? Yes, and just check, click on the left, right, and center page. Now, Mr. Warren's offensive comments, the very racist and Nazi stuff, which is prohibited by CHRW policy, directed at myself and Ayn Rand, were entirely unwarranted. As I said, we're talking about about parking meters, for heaven's sakes. So should a similar event occur with Mr. Carey, whom I do not know, and who I would expect disagree with me on most issues, I would want to know in advance what the consequences would have been should the show generate a complaint or any controversy. Would that be my responsibility, Ira's responsibility, my operator, Mr. Carey's responsibility? Would it be the guest? But according to the policy, the CHRW policy, um, as outlined in their package, it appeared that only I, as the volunteer broadcaster, am responsible. Only I, as volunteer broadcaster, am subject to penalties which can range from temporary to permanent suspension of volunteer status. Under CHRW's quick rules, my responsibility is very explicit. Quote, you as the host are responsible for your guests, end quote. Talk about getting set up if they want to give me a guest to take me off the air, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Clearly, without any intent on my part, I was put in a position where I could not proceed with a guest of this nature under those provisions and circumstances. And I didn't tell Ira about it because I didn't want to put him in an awkward position or betray his confidence since, you know, I figured he'd already confirmed with with Mr. Carey's tentative appearance on the show. And under other circumstances, I would certainly go ahead with the interview and would normally not even be worried. But when they're worried about complaints, I started, I was worried right from day one. So, you know, I asked for some direction on what to do. Never did get it. But we did invite the guest. And, uh, well... It turned out after that letter was written that we did go ahead with the invitation to Tim Carey. His office on several occasions verified his appearance, both through myself and through Ira Timothy, who was my CHRW-supplied on-air operator. And throughout it all, I kept, I kept telling Ira, you know, I said, Ira, he's not going to show up, and he wouldn't believe me. He said, no way. There's no way. I said, no, that's, ex- that's what's going to happen. And guess what? It's exactly what happened. He still confirmed right up to the last few minutes. Yep. And so that's just right number 009 where he didn't show up. I went ahead and, 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 and did that segment anyway because I was prepared. And I had to complete a complete other segment and written, written show laid out, you know, much to the shock of poor Ira, who himself was personally assured that the guest would appear. So you can see the catch-22 uh, that the CHRW management's putting us in all for the sake of some undefined political correctness and undefined standards and undefinable terms of balance. You're not going to get them. Every single guest we ever invited on the right of, or, or on the right wing, which we, you know, always showed up without yes. exception. Yes, we never had a problem. But the left is not like that. And it, it, this is not a joke, okay? So as, as multicultural as they may appear on the surface... The political environments on our university campuses today have become cesspools of of racism, intolerance, hatred, all in the name of multiculturalism and its many tentacles of totalitarianism. 
a socially poisoned environment in every sense of the word when you get on that. You, it's not something you see, and it's not, I'm not saying that people are not nice. Don't go there, please. That's not what I'm saying. It's the, it's the political ideology. It's the environment and, what, and, and the consequences for saying simple, normal, truthful observations. University environments are today the cultural, uh, they're the cesspools of intolerance, racism, and sexism. Look at what we heard this week, you know, some, some white supremacist group or something, I don't know, just a white club wanted to start up. But that's, that makes the news. That's headline stuff. I, it wouldn't even get a blink out of me. It is racist, by the way, <laughs> but that's besides the point. You know, Bob, so, you and I had to hold our noses several times at CHRW when, when they would have Black History Month. And only blacks could get on the air. We would be excluded. Or all female voices. where our, We right. could not host our own show because we were men. You right. know, we'd have to hold our nose. Okay, that's the way you want it. But you know something? Who are the racists? Who are the sexists? It's not us. That's for sure. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm totally the opposite in temperament, in ideology, the way I was brought up. Everything about me. So to find myself on the other end of that stick by people who are being the very thing that I'm fighting against is, is, is disturbing, to say the least. So, you know, that's how it is out there. You know, it was so well summarized in the September 18th National Post headline, University Where Unfettered Debate Goes to Die. That said it all. <laughs> <laughs> right there. So, where do we go from here? As you can see, it's not possible to do a show like just right under the suggested policies of balance and other euphemisms, at least as... As I can see them play out, I don't see any other way of getting around that. And I can guarantee you that never once have I been called upon again to appear on a show where the left needed balance or on a show where the hosts were advocating that we bring more Islamist Im immigrants into the country or on a feminist show where they're all screaming 30 women can't be wrong or that all men love murder, etc. I've never been invited to any of those shows. Where, where is the balance? Well, believe it or not, <laughs> let's leave that there. Our next step in the interest of freedom of speech, not of just getting our show back on the air, which would be an asset to the station, by the way, and the only balance they might have in the spoken word department, yes. that we ourselves, Robert and I, will be going to the CRTC in the interest of having them resolve the issues of balance and of content of, and of, com of what I'm going to call complaint terrorism, okay? Hmm especially since we've been entirely cut out of the process. We don't have any other place to go. We don't know what we did wrong. We don't know what the supposed standards of balance we broached were because we do know there's nothing to say on these issues, and that's why we haven't heard anything. What other reason could there be? If it was clear what we said that was wrong, they would have told us, trust me. In light of the CRTC's insistence that it is not a censorship body, it keeps saying that, we wonder how the CRTC will react to learning that its calls for balance and programming is being used as a tool of censorship. That's the question I want to ask them. No doubt that'll be a lengthy process too, but whichever way it turns out, the conflict, not a debate, about freedom of speech will go on forever, and freedom of speech will continue to exist only so long as individuals remain eternally vigilant and resistant to the politics of censorship and intolerant ideology. Anything else to add to that, Robert? No, I think you've hit it, Bob. Uh, we, we just can't let this lie. We could actually just walk on from here. But you know something? These people, uh, the complainant and the station, just have to, um, you know, play by the rules. It's up to us issue. to put their feet to the fire and sure. say, look, it, it cuts both ways. 
Absolutely, and it's a bigger issue than us. It's you know, I would we've done these very actions for on behalf of other people. How strange it is that yes. we should be Exhibit A in this case. Yes. Well, that's it for today. Join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. Until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We will. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Hello, Seattle. I'm back. This is Dr. Fraser Crane, and I promise I will never leave you again. So, let's take our first caller. Hello. I'm listening. Hi, Dr. Crane. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a little nervous, okay? My name is Robert. And your name is? <laughs> my name is Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. We've already had a Robert on the show today. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>